lift our hearts with our hands and love the Lord. And I praise you, Jesus Christ. I worship you, King of kings, God of gods, and Lord of lords. We bless the almost holy Savior. Put your strength in your people, O oh Lord. Surround us with your holy angels, my Father. Help us to do thy great and mighty and holy will. In Jesus' great name we pray. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible tonight, I'd like you to turn to Luke's account of the gospel. Luke chapter 11 tonight. Appreciate each and every one of you braving this great blizzard that we're having. I talked to some and had lunch with some <clears throat> folks down from the north, and uh, they were telling me how that it's 25 degrees up there. And, uh, so they said that they told one of our church people said, you could go and stay in our house up there, stay a day, stay a week, stay a month. We're down here, house is up there, because the person said they'd never seen snow. And then the people said, and I believe he'd last about one or two days. <laughs> so I told him, yeah, when it gets really cold down here, around 70 degrees, we start pulling our covers up. And I love telling them folks from the north when they call and complain about how cold it is, say, yeah. It's really bad down here. You know, it's like 75. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on, you know. Oh, brother, nothing like poking him a little bit, right? You know what Pastor Urshan said? Poke him a little bit. All right, we're in Luke chapter 11, and we're glad to be in God's house tonight. And I'm going to read verse 52. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye received not, or ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. I want to uh, minister for a little tonight on Jesus brought back the keys. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It's a rather, rather a candy stick type of verse for us that's found in Matthew chapter 16. Now Jesus has come because the Spirit overshadowed Mary, spoke the word, she brought forth the flesh, and the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It is well documented in the Scripture that God being a Spirit, that he chose to come in the flesh. And that in that flesh of the man, Christ Jesus, dwelled all the fullness of the very God bodily. That it pleased the Spirit to dwell in him. So here we have the great, almighty, eternal, wise God who is invisible. And he shows himself visibly. And he does it by speaking the word over a willing vessel by the name of Mary. And that which is conceived in her is of his spirit, his Holy Spirit. And so now this flesh that does not have the nature of angels, but rather the nature of 
Abraham, or in other words, humans. And he is growing in grace and knowledge, and the time has come uh, for his public ministry, his showing to the ones that he came to first, to Israel, to the house of Israel. And as he's going about in his ministry, the Bible teaches in Matthew's account, chapter 16, that uh, Jesus polled. He did a poll. It wasn't a political poll, but it was a it was a, a poll to see who had some insight here, who knew what was really happening. And so when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, and then they got nasty, or one of the old prophets. That wasn't my, that's actually by subject matter. One of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, meaning the flesh being produced by the Spirit. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. It's not a natural knowledge here. Not a natural understanding. It's not something you're going to get out of reference books and encyclopedias or catalogs or any type of uh, traditional thinkings at all. No natural mind here is going to give you this. And it is still that way today. But he said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, or that's the flesh, talking about the Spirit, which is in heaven. Just as when you have the Spirit of the Lord, albeit not the fullness of it, because we're not God, but we do get that measure of His Spirit. And when you talk about your heavenly Father, okay, but yet He is in you. Because when you have that time when your back is against the wall and you don't know what to say or do or how to handle it, He said, don't worry about it. He said, because the answer is going to come without you premeditating, and it will be the spirit of your Father, which is in you. Okay? So you have and I have the spirit of, the, of, the, of God in us, His Holy Spirit, by measure. But in that man Christ Jesus dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. He did not have the spirit by measure. That's why he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That's why he was born king. That's why he is termed to be the everlasting father and the prince of peace and the mighty and the almighty God. That's why he is all of these things because he is the one true, wise, only eternal God. There is not three, four, ten, or twenty gods. To the church, to the body of Christ, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. We know who you are by revelation. We did not get this by ourselves. We did not dream this up or make this up or conjure this up or factor it in some kind of mathematical way. But this comes from the Spirit of the Lord. This is Him opening your understanding and giving to you the light. And so as Jesus told Simon Barjona, you didn't get that from flesh and blood. And you know, the kingdom of God, the Bible said, is not anything natural. 
It is not meat and drink. It is not built around flesh and blood for the kingdom of God. You cannot inherit flesh and blood, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. And so you begin to understand that God is a spirit, and he has a spiritual kingdom, and he has a spiritual experience, and he operates in the spiritual realm, and he wants to give you something here from his presence. He wants to open your understanding so that you can know who he is, who he really is, and that you will not worship any other God, that you'll set no other God before thee that you will let your mind get corrupted about that and be taught some kind of tradition or false doctrine or some type of deception that the enemy is behind. No, you're going to get the revelation or the light that comes from God's Spirit through His Word. Everybody said amen. So he said, uh, you you got this from, from my Father which is in heaven. The Spirit gave you this. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, or this revelation, I will build my church. And so he introduces the word church, or the concept of church, or the congregation of called out people, people that would come out of darkness into the marvelous light. He introduced this church, and he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 of chapter 16 here in Matthew's account, he said, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Now then, Jesus is doing something here. He's in his earthly ministry, and he is going about doing good, healing all that are sick and oppressed of the devil. He is bringing many signs and many wonders. He's going from village to village and city to city, and he's bringing the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings. Aren't you glad it's not a down-in-the-mouth, sad sack situation? There, as a brother said, there's nothing to be depressed about. God takes care of that for you. God's going to lift up the valley of the books. He's going to bring you up out of the low place and he's going to bring down every mountain because he don't want you getting exalted. He's going to put you in an even balanced place. He's going to straighten out the crooked and he's going to smooth out the rough. Sometimes people got problems in their lives because you've been ignoring God or you've been running from God or you hadn't been listening to God and letting him give you the light that you need to guide you, his spirit to guide you, his teaching to guide you. You haven't been in the congregation and assembling yourselves so much the more in this day and age that we see things going on around us and we don't want to develop bad manners and stop start missing church. No, we're going to assemble ourselves so much the more. We're going to provoke one another by good works. We're going to hold up one another's hands. We're going to encourage one another. We're not going to have less church. We're going to have more church. More involvement in the work in the kingdom of God. So Jesus tells about these keys. Now, he didn't just give the keys to Peter. He gave the keys to the church. Peter, of course, as we see in subject matter, was used of the Lord and brought forth many times 
uh, as it is written in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and teach shows us that Peter was the one that was chosen to be the spokesman on the first day, to be the preacher that stepped forth with the word of God on the first day. Any one of the apostles could have done the same thing, but Jesus chose Peter. He wanted Peter to stand up and preach that first sermon on that first day when he had first poured out his spirit for whosoever will, fulfilling Joel's prophecy from the Old Testament that it shall come to pass, Joel 2.28, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And he went on to preach a sermon. When he got done preaching the sermon, people wanted to know, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter flashed the keys. And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort them. He didn't talk to them mealy mouth. Now if you want to do it, it'll be okay. Would you like to shake my... He didn't do anything. He exhorted them. He got with it. This is not a spineless message. This is not a human love message. This is not a sympathetic message. We are to lift up our voices and cry aloud and spare not, and we are to bring forth the word of the Lord. We do it in God's love, not human love. We do it in God's love because the Holy Ghost sheds abroad God's love in our hearts. And it's something he's given to the church abundantly. We're not running short on love, and we're not running short on burden either. But I do hope that we run very short on sympathy. I do hope that we run very short on being compromising and wishy-washy. Okay? We don't want to be like that. Jesus Christ gave us an example here in his earthly ministry, showing us how it ought to be done, going from house to house, going from city to city, going from one place to another, bringing this message. And as he brought the message and polled his own disciples, whom do you say that I am? Well, uh, some say this, some say, yeah, well, everybody's always got a human natural opinion, don't they? And people always think that they're experts about the Scripture, don't they? But hear me tell you that Jesus Christ said, and whom do you say that I am? And the Spirit gave Peter the words and the revelation and said, Thou art the Christ. Woo, he put his finger right on it, honey. He said it just exactly how it was. He brought the truth forth, and Jesus absolutely confirmed it and said, Oh, man, you've tapped into the right thing. That didn't come from some reference book. That didn't come from somebody's human thinking. That came from my Father, which is in heaven. You have tapped in and plugged in to the real thing and you have now I'm going to give to you in the church the keys to the kingdom the keys that Jesus said in Luke's account he said oh man they've taken it away they took that key away he knew what he walked into he walked into a land where people sat in dark, great darkness where people were confused and mixed up and upset 
and going in all the wrong directions and very down in the mouth because they were confused and didn't know what they were going to do. But Jesus came walking right through the midst of that darkness and the Bible said, great light sprang up. Great light sprang up because a day star had come to town. The one that had everything that they had need of if they would just pay attention to what he said and follow his teaching and they would get an experience that would take care of all the depression and all the sin and all the misery and cast out every spirit and would trouble people, get rid of those evil angels and bring in the angels of God, not the fake and phony masquerading angels of light when they were really angels or messengers of darkness. No, he said, I'm going to bring you the real thing and they're going to patrol the grounds. They're going to protect you. They're going to be there. I'm going to bring you something here. Jesus brought back the keys. He said, you know, I trusted some of you folks with the keys, and you messed up. He said, you were withholding knowledge. You were, you were, you were putting something over the light here so people couldn't get to it, a basket maybe, and then shoving it under the bed. And one place even spoke about holding the truth in unrighteousness. They had drifted so far away from his teachings and his word. What is, how is it written that they, uh, Jesus said that the word of God said thus and so, and he said, but you say thus and so. He said, thereby you full well reject the commandment of the Spirit and hold to your own tradition and your own way of doing things. And Jesus said, you have taken the key of knowledge away and you don't use it yourself and you hinder others that are entering in and would use it. Oh, come on, let me tell you. Jesus said, Peter, I'm so glad for what the Spirit gave to you and I'm giving you guys the kingdom of the keys to the kingdom and I want you to go and restore. They need the light. They need hope. They need the blessing. They need the power. They need the strength of God. They need forgiveness of their sins. I'm giving you the keys. We're bringing this thing back. Isn't that what Joel's writing said? He would restore the years that the pommel worm and the canker worm had taken away. Oh, God said, how are we going to do that? I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to give everybody a chance here. I'm going to make this so that it's uh, whosoever will. That if people would get willing and if they would get obedient, then they would eat the good of the land. And I would cause every good thing to come their way. I would hold no good thing from them that walk uprightly before me. I've got so many good things in store, so many wonderful things planned. There's always going to be an opposition, of course. He made that clear. But he said the gates of hell, the, that which opposes, he said it's not going to prevail. So you always have that, uh, that in your heart, that great promise that the enemy is not going to win here. He's not going to have the overall victory here. You're going to have your trying times. You're going to have your moments of heaviness. You're going to have your challenges. There's going to be the hurdles. There's going to be things that are going to test your faith. But hear me when I tell you that Jesus Christ made it clear. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail. So you got to stand up and you got to shake the keys in the devil's face and you got to tell him I got this thing and I'm not letting it go. Jesus brought the keys to town. Jesus brought the keys to my house. Come on Zacchaeus. You going home. I'm going with you. I'm bringing salvation to your house today son. Come on. Jesus changes things for the good in people's lives and you have that tonight. You have that. 
need to believe that. You need to trust in that. You need to hope in that. Don't throw the keys away. They're perfectly good keys. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we got a little thing at home, a little drawer, and heaven knows it's got keys that are 30 years, 35 years old, and we couldn't tell you where they go to or what they do. You know, they're just in a dish. Why we don't throw them out, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. We got some keys that will unlock some locks, and we're not about to throw them out. Those keys go in certain locks, and they open them. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, you've taken away the key here, and you entered not in yourselves. And he said, and the others that would, them that would, he said, well, you're hindering them. We don't ever want to be a hindrance. Paul said in one place he was headed in a certain direction, going to people that needed him. And he said, uh, but Satan hindered. Satan hindered. That's the enemy's job. We don't want to identify with any of his spirits. That's why we don't identify with sympathy. It's such a human emotion. And, we, and, and the enemy just behind it and, and trying to pump it up all the time. We do not want anything to do with things that are of the enemy and the things that he uses and the things that are built around the human nature and the natural person. No, sir. We gotta, you can stand in the crowd and everybody's chanting one thing and you'll be the one just like the prophet in the Old Testament where there was, what, eight or 900 of them dudes prancing around and putting on the big show, had their football helmets on with their horns and doing all kinds of things and telling them, go out there, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win. And the second king said, hey, isn't there somebody else? Is there not another voice? And the king, first king said, oh, yeah, there is, but I don't like that dude. He never tells me what my flesh wants to hear. He don't tickle my ears for me. I, I, I don't want to hear that guy. And he said, you bring him on. He sounds like he's not a yes man. Let's get him over here. Because, you know, there's a lot at stake here. We got lives at stake here. And so they brought the prophet out, prophet of the Lord. And the prophet of the Lord said, yep, gone. Yeah, you're going to win. Go ahead. Yep, sure thing. No problem. And the second king said, hey, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. How many times we got to ask you, and you're going to finally tell us the real thing? He said, you want the real thing? You can take the real thing? <laughs> you, you got your seatbelt buckled here? He said, I'll tell you the real thing. He said, I saw God, and I saw the heavenly host, and I saw a spirit come out and said, I'll go down there and deceive that king. I'll go down there and deceive him. I'll be a lion tongue, a lion spirit right in the mouth of all them prophets down there. And I'm telling you what he said, I saw you all slain all over the hills and all over the mountains. And oh boy, one of them false dudes didn't like that. And he stepped up and he smacked that prophet of the Lord and began to abuse him and begin to make fun. But let me tell you something. People can rant and rave all they want. But the bottom line is, honey, the church has the keys. The church has the keys to open the door. The others don't have the key. They got a false message, and they give you false hope and false dreams, and it never does pan out. And you keep winding up in the same old ditch, in the same old mess, in the same old problem. But the church, the church can open the door of revelation for you and show you the real and the reality of God. It is an unfeigned faith. It is not plastic. It is not phony. It is not put on. It is real. It is of God. And it's for whosoever will. For whosoever will. You just got to get a little more willing here 
know, instead of dragging your toes and thinking that everything else is so important, everything else is going to have the priority here, those things are going to pass away. Those things are going to erode and degenerate and fall apart and become nothing but dust. There'll be nothing. But the kingdom of the Lord, the word of the Lord, is going to stand forever. And you want to find yourself with him in that day. You want to find yourself around his throne, singing and dancing. You save your singing and your dancing for the Lord. You, you use what God has given to you and use it for him. Apply yourself to him. You're not missing anything by not running with that crowd to those places. You're not missing anything by not going to the places they hang out and involving yourself in the things that they involve themselves with. When you stand and you plant your feet, Jesus said, upon this rock, you, I'll lead you to a rock that's higher than you are. I'll lead you to a place that's stable. I'll lead you to a place that's balanced. I will give you that kind of balance in your life and it will keep you all the days of your life. I will never leave you I will never forsake you. I'm going to give my angels charge concerning you. They're going to patrol the grounds where you are and keep you in all your ways. Come on. you got to tell yourself the greatest thing that can ever happen is for you to get the light on what God's doing and that he's put the keys in the church's hands and said, go get them and bring them in and fill up my house and let's get ready to go to heaven. Take somebody with us. All the parties of this world are just out to rob you of your virtue. They're just out there to rob you of anything good in your life or potentially in your life. The enemy just wants to come in there just like Jesus gave the example. And he was answering who the neighbor is. And he said, man, when thieves came by, and, you know, the devil is a thief. And he comes by and he leaves you robbed and wounded, laying on the side of the road. And everything just robbed out of your life. All, all feeling of anything that helps you to feel better, he just robs it. He steals it. He lets you down. He disappoints you. And he causes, you know, he's the cause of all the ill. He is the, the prince in the power of the air. He permeates the environment of the world. And he constantly has upheaval going on, murder going on, hatred going on, pride going on and other like spirits going on all over the earth. Any bad thing, it comes from him. And the first thing he wants to say, wasn't me, and point to Jesus. And get somebody to speak through somebody and, and parrot that. Jesus told me to do that. You know. And you'd think after a while somebody would wake up, but the problem is we got a lot of other people got those spirits and they just ch chant right along because all oh, they want to blaspheme him. They want to speak slanderously of him. And don't. And if they did it to him, then they're going to do it to his children. And so I'm telling you, you're going to have your challenges. You're going to have your hurdles. You're going to have things come up before your face. And that's why the Bible said that you've got to fortify yourself. Finally, brethren, you've got to take unto you the whole armor of God. You've got to whip out that shining, gleaming, furbished sword, which is the word of God. And you've got to let the enemy know, I'm going to quote scripture in your face, buddy. And you're going to make a beeline out of here. I'm 
I'm going to put you on the run. I'm going to resist you, devil, and you're going to run from me. I am not bowing over. I am not capitulating. I am not giving in. I am not letting down. I am not compromising God's word. I'm not going to do that, devil. I'm going to stand on the rock, and I'm going to show myself strong because God's going to put his strength in us and help us to stand in this day in which we labor remind us that we have the keys the devil took them away but Jesus brought them back and he gave them to the church and he said now go into all the world and preach the gospel bring the good news, heal the sick raise the dead, cleanse the cancerous bring this message I will work with you and I will confirm my word with signs and wonders Father, you need to believe in that don't cast away your confidence in that believe in that Believe in that. You can remain standing. Jesus brought those keys and handed them right to the church. The church that he gave birth to after he introduced it in Matthew 16, he gave birth to it in Acts chapter 2. And he had Peter to stand forth and all the 11 apostles standing with him. And I'm quite sure the rest of the congregation, about 120, was standing right there. They were right behind the preacher as he brought forth the word of God. And he got his thoughts and his words from the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Spirit, gave him what to say. People don't want that today. They want you to have 46 pages in a notebook, a three-ring binder probably, and, you know, flipping them over. Then we got guys with computers in the pulpit, and they read it off of there. One guy was imitating the preacher, and the way he imitated him was like this. And I told him, why? Well, I said, why he's like that, imitating him. The guy's bent over reading his notes, that's why. <laughs> that's really not what we come to church for, church family. Uh, we're not here for perfect diction. We're not here for, for 25 letter words. We're here for the move of the Holy Ghost. We're near, here to be ministered to the Word of God. There are needs in everybody's life, and the Holy Ghost knows how to send forth just what's needed. Hear me tonight when I tell you, you want to believe He gave the keys to the kingdom. Peter stood forth. Jesus gave him the words, and people begin to cry and scream, what do you want us to do? And Peter wasn't lacking for what to say. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do not lose confidence in God's plan and God's keys and God's message. Remember, you have them. Use them. You enter in, and you get others to help them. You don't hinder. You don't do anything that would hinder going to be better for you that a millstone was tied around your neck and cast into the middle of Lake Okeechobee. Well, I didn't say Lake Okeechobee, but I did. But I appreciate you being behind me for that. But it did say the sea, and they called uh, they called the, the, the lake over there, uh, Galilee, they called that uh, a sea. So I guess we got a sea. Somebody was, um, it's a body of water anyway. Somebody was uh, down about the largest freshwater lake in the western United States and I read the boundaries, the, the dimensions of it, the square mileage and I said, ah, that's nothing. I said, we're a whole lot bigger than that down here. We have the largest freshwater lake in the continental United States. That means east, west, north, or south. Hello, within the boundaries of the United States. And God put us right here. Isn't that wonderful? And I want you to know there are people that need the keys. 
People need the keys tonight. They need the key that's going to open the door and get, bring them out of depression where they can walk out of it into this beautiful light of the church, where they can walk out of hatred into the beautiful love of God, where they can walk away from the pride and a door is open into the humility of Jesus Christ. And on and on and on it goes. You can come out of sickness and you can walk into healing. I'm telling you it's all in the church. It's all in the church. And you don't want to just come to the border here like they, like they did three million of them coming out of Egypt oh no you want to be with that inner circle church that went on a cross and went over the border and got in wasn't that what the little woman did she got a hold of the hammer's garment she crossed the border of that garment and that hem and she got the healing she got what she needed you can't hold back you can't balk you can't stop short you can't lose confidence you got to put the key in there and open that lock and open that door and enter in the kingdom of God. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, I do study trends and patterns, and I worry sometimes because some people always get inspired to go to the bathroom right about the time we have an altar call. Did you ever notice that? Sometimes we might want to tweak somebody about that. Everybody said hallelujah. I want you to be here. I don't want you to go backwards. I want you to go forwards. I want you to come right through the door and use those keys that God's given you. Amen. You don't have to back up and sit down for anybody. Paul said he wasn't a whit behind the chiefest. You go ahead and believe this word of God, and it don't matter how fancy schmancy this world gets. Just remember, they're setting full well rejecting the word of God. They're setting the word of God aside. And sometimes they use their fancy words and their tradition and all their kinds of ideas and their way of speaking with their nose up in the air and flipping their notes with such a flair about them. But let me tell you something, that and the Holy Ghost moving is two very big different things. And I will take a move of God over all the fanciness of any human spirit any day of the week. Let me tell you, your Bible teaches that very plainly. Amen. Those guys had all their things going for them and, and, and they cried to their God and they did all kinds of things and danced around and even cut themselves and bleeding near half to death. And, and the prophet stood up and he said, all right, your time's over. Your guy, your, whoever you're calling on, he's on vacation or he's sleeping or something. Oh, get out of the way. Let me show you how to do it. The church can show you how to do it. The church can show you how to do it from A to Z. All the subject matter is right in the book. Every situation, every between every rock and hard place, he will show you. There's not going to be any temptation that's going to come your way, but he's already been through it, and he said, I'll lead you through it. I will bring you even through the valley of the shadow of death. I will turn the tables in the presence of your enemy and show them who's really in control. Somebody said, I don't see how that's going to get done. Somebody said that to me today. They, I don't know how that's going to work. And I said, well, if God's in it, that's how it's going to work. God's going to do it. That's what you want. You want God in it. And you want to do what ushers people into the kingdom of God. So you got to get the keys out. You got to do it yourself. You can't stand in church with your hands in your pocket, looking around, don't know what to do. I wonder what Sister Williams is doing. What is, what is doing. I wonder what EJ, what did they do? No, you got to get your eyes on God. You got to worship God. Wake up. Wake up. Thou art the Christ. You are God. This is the church. We got the keys. Don't let the enemy put you to sleep. Don't let him turn your heart to 
to where it's cold as ice. Oh, no. You want to be hot in the Holy Ghost. People talk about that, and sometimes they use it in a, an okay way. But I'm going to tell you what, the only thing that's really hot it ain't some celebrity somewhere. What's really hot is a Holy Ghost person that's on fire. They got the Holy Ghost in fire. They're red hot for Jesus Christ. There isn't anything else they want to do, anywhere else they want to be, anything else they want to involve themselves with. It's more involvement, more church, more worship, more prayer, more Bible reading, more soul winning, more Bible study teaching, more door knocking. Let me be involved in God's church and let me lead people to the church, and locally speaking, to the church house right here. Let me lead people. Let me bring them in and let them settle in in a balanced way to the body of Christ. Amen and amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I had you standing, so I guess I ought to quit, huh? All right. Love you. Glad you're here. Appreciate you. And I have a, if I could have that, brother. I have a little presentation to make tonight. Academy uh, went on not only to get a two-year degree on a full scholarship, but also a four-year degree. So I had his diploma. I had it framed under museum glass. And uh, so we want to, hi, Mom, with the orange jacket. Aren't you happy? I know you're happy. because. All right, where's my buddy Pete Lee? Pete, Pete, Pete. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. And the, the thing that really makes that good is because he has a Holy Ghost. Amen. He's baptized in Jesus' name. Comes to church, faithful to the work of God. That's what makes that important. You hear me. You can have that and not have this, and you ain't got nothing. Okay, is that plain enough for you? <laughs> All right. Okay. Everybody said hallelujah. Well, I want you to go straight down the straight street. Say that five times fast. <laughs> All right, we want to be on that straight street, that straight and narrow. Amen. That's the street that it produces apostles. Isn't that what happened to the man that became the Apostle Paul? You go to the street called straight, yellow, and this is where it's at. And for some people, I'll grant you, it's too straight for them, and that's what the Bible said. For some people, it's just too straight. It's just too full of enthusiasm. It's just too full of Holy Ghost. It's just too full of righteousness, and I'm going to start preaching again if I Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Now, you know, if, you, if your red light comes on in your car and it says oil, then you go see Bernard and Patrick down at the oil well. And if the red light's coming on with this kind of preaching, then you better come visit here regularly. And you better check the level of your Holy Ghost oil. Because this kind of preaching ought to make you happy, ought to excite you, ought to challenge you. You don't come to church, I hope, to be patted on the back and told what a goody-goody-goody you are. I hope not. I hope you come to church for, for the Holy Ghost to make you sit up good and straight and pay attention and challenge you to do better and excite you and fill you up and send you out the door to where it don't even feel cold out there. You're so on fire. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Hey, let's give God another big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. We love and appreciate you, and I uh, hope you will turn in your orders tonight for uh, 
the bake sale, which is Sunday. And um, I do know that on the premises, there is a carrot cake from Pastor Hopper here. But it's already bought and paid for. So you can't have that one, but there'll be more here, Lord willing, on Sunday.